Welcome everyone, we're about to begin Be'ez Hashem, Bias Pnimi Joint Share number 13. That's number 13 for both men and women. We're going to talk today, we're going to start talking today about what married sex shouldn't be. And from that we will know what it should be. And we're going to go through various aspects of this. And... Um, if one is careful by moving away from the negative of what it shouldn't be and enhance what it should be, uh, it can actually create a lot of love, a lot of healing, and a lot of healthy pleasure that is um, a bond to marriage in all areas of marriage not just what's in the bedroom. So the first one is an obvious one, and it's brought down in the Gemara as well, that married sex cannot be forced. Now, we're not talking mamish now about rape, which is criminal. That goes without saying. But we're talking here about even excessive emotional pressure or being emotionally abusive um, in that pressure of forcing um, one to have sex or at times or in situations where they really are not they don't want it and they're and they and they can't and you're doing it against their will and when it's forced it never leads to a good sexual relationship it just doesn't happen now we did give other shiurim about the importance of when you have a couple that one has a high libido and one has a low libido um, and if it's an overall good marriage we're talking that they should connect with each other sexually and the lower libido one whether it's the man whether it's the woman should do everything they can to engage um, even when they're not in the mood that is fine that we all agreed on and and that is common sense that a marriage um, that's overall good, and you're working on other aspects other than the bedroom, and you work together, and you basically consent that even if you're not thrilled right now, and you're not in the, the mood, while one spouse is, the other one isn't, that is fully consensual, and that is actually healthy, because ultimately they'll get to enjoy it, but they have to get to the point where they are both consenting to do this, and deciding that they're going to do this. But when it is not like that, and they're actually saying, I just simply can't tonight, I, I, just, I just can't, or whatever it is, you cannot force yourself on your spouse. Now, stereotypically, it's a husband that does this to his wife, but it could go the other way around as well. And another part of not being forced is that even if, let's say, they are engaging in the sexual activity consensually. They consented both to 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 be involved in the sex. But what happens is is if in the midst of it, if one of them want, wants to and attempts to do a particular act and pushes that particular act on the other spouse, husband or wife, without their willingness, without discussing it beforehand, without their consent, and they're clearly saying, no, I, I, I'm not comfortable with this, I, I don't want this, and you go in any way forcefully do that act, 
that is terrible thing and very harmful and damaging to the marriage. And that is also forced. So forced is a very nuanced thing. There's a spectrum to it. There's outright rape, which is you know, criminal. And then these things that we discussed thus, just the, uh, thus far. So again, the key really is now you know, discuss things beforehand and uh, let's say the husband wants his wife to do particular uh, acts and he's requesting that from his wife and let's say his wife isn't thrilled about it but she makes a decision on her own without being you know pressured uh, just she knows that her husband really wants it and she agrees and complies or says, you know, I'm willing to do it, but if it gets too overwhelming for me and and I need you to pull back or stop, you stop, and he does, then even if she's not thrilled about it, and as long as it's fully consensual, that's perfectly fine. And it goes the other way around, too. You have situations where the wife may want certain types of acts to be done, and the husband's not really comfortable with it, um, whether it's physically not comfortable or well, not comfortable, but it's mutter, but he consents and he says, okay, you know, then, then that's fine. Even if one of them is not thrilled of what the other one really wants and needs, but they say, even though it's not tasteful to me to do this, um, but for your sake and for Shalom Bayis, I'm willing and I want to, that's consensual. That is consensual and fully fine and sometimes even enhances the marriage when here and there or on occasion or more than occasion where a husband and wife, we're talking about healthy marriage all over, love each other and one enjoys particular acts that the other one doesn't really, but they both consent and that's perfectly okay. But if they don't or there's a night where particularly where the wife says, you know, tonight I just... Let's have our normal sexual activity, but this thing that you want, I just can't do it tonight. Or vice versa, husband to wife, wife to husband. It really makes no difference which way it is. And you, let's say, you know, your wife said that, for example, and you as a husband heard this, that tonight, normally she does this for you and she's okay with it, fine, but really tonight she's either very tired or just, just not... Uh, up to it, and then the husband cannot force that act upon his wife once his wife said that she doesn't want to do it. And if he forces that act, that is a lack of consent. That is a lack of consent. Or even if it was unexpectedly, and all of a sudden you say, no, you know, to stop, you have to stop. And you can't use, this is where um, you could use Chazal even to be manipulative, which is uh, something very, very insidious. For example, uh, you know, a husband will throw on his wife, you know, right? does my will, and this is what I want. And he uses that to pressure her uh, excessively to do something that she's not ready to do. And the wife, for example, also the other way around could be, you know, you have a chi of aina. This is part of the aina. And she, in that sense, because of that, tries to coerce her husband to perform certain acts on her or she on him and so on and so forth where he, he, he just doesn't want to do. So all these things are 
against uh, our forced, and uh, one has to be very careful. Now, obviously, you could have conversations with one another. Um, you could make compromises with it. Say some nights we'll do this way, some nights we'll do that way, some nights we'll do that. Even though I'm not thrilled about it, but it's it's, it's something that you need, and I'll be happy to do it for you. But some nights not and you work it out with each other you talk it through if you talk it through then then what happens is is that even these things that are unpleasant or not so pleasant to one but if they're consensual and they're menschlich to one, one, one another they actually enjoy that connection and very often that that thing that they're doing becomes less distasteful and more you know calming uh, knowing that it's something that your spouse really wants and you're happy to accommodate. But you cannot chalila force your spouse to do anything sexually that they do not want to do. So that's the first thing. Another aspect of the sexual realm that cannot happen in married life is to use sex as a bargaining tool and that can't happen. You cannot use sex as a bribe. You cannot use sex as a pun- punishment. For example, if you do X or you give me more money or you do this for me or that for me, then I'll provide this for you. And if you don't, uh, I won't. Now, to explain this part of it, there is a certain concept that is okay and that is healthy. So, for example, if let's say your husband knows, uh, scheduled hopefully to have that physical sexual relationship, and the husband knows that if he helps his wife with the chores around the house, it'll relieve a lot of her stress, and it's more likely that they'll be more intimate that night. That's perfectly okay. That is, and the other way around too, wife to husband, she does certain things because she wants the intimacy, and she, you know is pleasant and, and, and accommodating because she knows that's what she wants. But the perp, that's also fine on the lishma aspect of it. If overall, but again, it works with, with all the like Taisa says, if your kavana is solely the lishma, then it's a bad thing. If your kavana is ultimately, like in here, is I want, I, I'm doing this primarily, I'm helping my wife out or the wife is helping the husband out because we truly love each other. That's the bottom line. Sex aside, whether it happens, doesn't happen, intimate, not intimate, really, really bipnemius. I'm doing it because I love my husband, I love my wife. That's why I'm doing this particular chesed. So if that's the case, and that's the main motivation, so even if at that night it's possible that this will help them be more sexually interested in one another, and that's part of the cheshbon, that's part of that's fine. But once it becomes the exclusive kavana, then, for example, if sex is scheduled, I'll be nice. If it's not scheduled, then I know I'm not getting it anyway. For, the, for example, if the husband knows that uh, he's not getting this uh, sexual relationship right now, so I'll be mean, well, I'll ignore my wife. That's extremely unhealthy and destructive. The other way around too, obviously. We're talking both ways. Or she he checks out in the neither period. Or sometimes she checks out in the neither period. Says, you know something? I'm not getting what that, that intimacy anyway. No reason to, I could ignore my husband for two weeks. You, you know, people look at it that it goes one way where the husband ignores the wife and shuts things down in the, 
time where they're not physically connected, sometimes the wife shuts down as well. It happens both ways. It does happen both ways. So to withhold sex, also to withhold sex because of punishing and you're pouting or something annoyed you or to use it as a power over your spouse, um, that, that is also very, very harmful. The key really is in the even if there's a little there, the bottom line is, is the nakuda, the main point is, I am nice to my husband all the time. I am nice to my wife all the time, not just because we're going to have sex tonight or we're not going to have sex tonight, but because I love him or because I love her. That is the primary, primary motivation. That way, even when sex is not scheduled or is not possible, you will be just as nice and just as loving, just as kind. And when there are nights where it is possible and you are nice and kind and it leads to that, fine. That's a beautiful thing. So that's another thing. Another thing with married life where sex cannot be painful. Now, here it's a little bit complicated because sometimes there's a physical issues which bleed there with some research I will talk about it, but I have to be more well-versed and knowledgeable. Uh, there's different um, pelvic issues, v- vaginismus, I'm not sure I'm pronouncing it right, where a woman simply feels pain when they're, they're experiencing intercourse. So that's one aspect that with some medical care and working through it, that could be worked through. But we're going to talk here about something else, about what sexual aspects cannot be painful. Very often in the normal sexual realm of activity, it's not painful. But when sometimes what happens is, is that one of them wants to be, without being graphic, just being more rough. Sometimes they both enjoy more being rough and more physically uh, interactive where, where they're rougher with one another and they both enjoy it. Okay. But then there is situations where one is and one isn't, or one wants to be rough, but for the other one, they're very uncomfortable. It's hurting them. If that happens, then the one that is feeling that hurt or being, you know, um, feeling that their spouse is too rough on them, they need to speak up. They need to speak up. This is one thing that's very important to know. We're not going to get into the halachas of what Bia Shalaikadarka is, the unnatural or different ways of doing sexual, you know, to, to engage in sexual activity, which, you know, like many, many places can hold, and a lot of them are totally mutter as long as consensual. But the bottom line behind it is that even when we have that heter or encouragement, however you want to put it, that these Bia Shalaikadarkas, which means the not regular way of doing sex is permitted and even encouraged, that's only, even when you have that heter or you decide to go down that path, it's only if they are both enjoying it mutually, or at the very least, they're both perfectly okay with it mutually. But if it hits a matzav in this unusual, more experimental type of sex, where one of them is experiencing pain and is actually getting hurt by it, then it has to stop. And as soon as one of them says this is hurting, it has to stop immediately. So that is a very, very important part of it. Now, if there's pain in the regular 
sex in the normal ways. Then there are eights with lubricants, with, with other things that need to be worked at. But when it's talking about the out-of-the-ordinary, what is not, you know, you want the experimental type of sex, what they call shalaikadarka, different unusual positions or whatever the case may be, if it's mutually consent, consented, either the, because they're both excited about it, fine. If one is excited about it, the other one really isn't, but is fully consenting for the sake of the marriage and from time to time to have that. Some couples may decide certain nights will have the normal, regular, more routine type of way of engaging in sex. Then there'll be other nights we'll designate to be more creative when we're both rested or whatever it is. Fine. And again, it doesn't mean that they both have to be thrilled about it. That would be ideal, but even if one is and one isn't, but if it's consensual and discussed and and arranged and they're okay with it, that's perfectly fine. But as soon as it hits a point where one of them is, um, you know, uh, feeling pain or you're hurting me, it has to stop right away. Another thing about sex is that it cannot be dreaded. It, it, It some people dread it. Um, for many reasons. And here is where it could be it's painful, like we said before. could be the libido's off. It could be you feel certain distance or stress. Sometimes it's self-image. You feel uncomfortable being exposed without your clothing if you don't have a healthy body image. And, um, and what's sad is, is sometimes when this happens... One of them will decide, okay, either I'll survive in a sexless marriage and never do it, even though my husband or wife, uh, it'll, they'll suffer from it, or I'll just, you know, be it, you know. But really, with this, it, it's Kadai to go to, um, and some of them, sometimes it's mixed feelings. If someone didn't have the right Kal or Chassan teacher or didn't have the right Ashkafa about it, and they come into marriage with this burdensome, um, feelings about sex, so they're, they're, they're going to dread it for many, many reasons. And if that happens or if that is happening, then both of you, if one of them feels this way, they need to discuss it between themselves. And sometimes it's important that they'll, they'll need that outside help. If one of them is dreading it, even though overall the, the we're dealing with good people, we're not talking again with these type of shiurim here. We're not Khalila talking about abuse or unhealthy, you know, serious things. We're talking about normal peoples with normal flaws. So if that's the case, then the one who is feeling that dread or very, very distastefulness towards sex, really they need to work together, talk it through, and sometimes get professional outside counseling to guide through those feelings, those emotions, till you hit the point where it becomes um, acceptable and calming and there'll be a point where you'll be able to actually get to the point where you're actually enjoying it again. Sometimes the shutting down could be because of anxiety or depression, and very often the sexual connection relieves the anxiety and depression, but the tendency is to withdraw in many cases, but when they're engaged, it actually could help. Another thing that we're going to end off with here is that the sex is not to be uncomfortable. This is not what I mean by painful, which we just discussed, but if it's uncomfortable emotionally. So this is what I touched upon before, that some people just are uncomfortable because they're emotionally uncomfortable about the whole 
parsha of sex or because of their body image or they're worried about performance or they think that it's dirty or selfish or animalistic or because they were erlicha, good boys and girls in their teenage years and they stayed away from the sexual realm as much as possible and they remained with their kedusha and and take that and, and, and married sexual life is kedusha but to get that to that point that 180 degree turn of till now the withdrawing of it is kedusha and all of a sudden now engaging in it of course with with sneas and in the right way uh, between the husband and wife now that's kedusha people have a very hard time wrapping their heads around that and the key is is that for that they need to talk to maybe mentors they need to talk to uh, marriage counselors from ones or rabbanim that are experienced with these things that will explain to both husband or wife either one that's uncomfortable or maybe both of them uncomfortable it to realize that in a marriage the sexual aspects in the bedroom is a place this is the ideal of where it's supposed to be that's the goal the goal is that it should be a place of comfort a place of safety, a place of mutual pleasure, a place where you're not judging, where it's free, where there's warmth, where conversations draw you closer intimately with one another. And all of this is there. It is the most beautiful thing in the world. And some people need to work on reprogramming their minds to that. And people that are married, married many, many years sometimes need to reprogram their minds to realize that. Sometimes subconsciously they resist it for those reasons or for many, many reasons. And those type of things, they need to learn how to get rid of the inhibitions. This is a very, very important thing. And once this happens, then this bedroom area could be a Pesach of great healing and great connection. And of course, it's not all about sex. We talked about this many times. There's many, many forms of intimacy that's not related to bedroom and that's not physical. That's important to happen between a husband and a wife. But this is the shear that we're dealing with now, and it cannot be under-emphasized. The importance, it cannot be overemphasized. rather, the importance of this topic and how it's so important for a husband and wife to try their very hardest to be on their same page with this, even if one of their drives are higher or lower or whatever it is, and to get through all of those things till you hit a point where you both could really want to connect and you it's totally consensual. You work it through, even things if you're not thrilled, thrilled about, you communicate with each other, um, and 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 like everything we described in this particular share, and uh, we're going to talk more about this subject. It is not a comfortable subject, honestly. I'm uh, not comfortable giving shiurim like these, but I, it's it's important to discuss, and that's why it's being discussed. It pays to review, it pays to work it through, and don't be afraid of it. Don't hide from it, and. Don't be afraid of wanting to experience pleasure from one another. Don't be afraid of if something is hurt, hurting you or scary, to say that it's hurting you or scary. That way, even if, let's say, your husband wants something that you're not comfortable with and you consent, fine, but if it's too scary for you, talk to your husband about it and let him go slower with it. And goes the other way around, too.
Very often, again, it's a misconception that although stereotypically it seems like the husband has the higher drive or the one that is normally more rougher or, um, you know, and, 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 and it's the wife that's more uncomfortable with these type of things and, and, and she gets hurt more if he's forceful when she doesn't consent and all this is true, it goes the other way around too. It's not stereotypical, but it goes the other way around too. There are many marriages where the wife has a much stronger sex drive. Now she, fe- it's a big burden because she feels well, I'm not sneistic, uh, you know, or, or, or I want it all the time, and and or, what am I, the crazy one? And uh, and she needs to initiate, but she really, as as a feels funny initiating, but her husband doesn't really because he has the lower sex drive, and sometimes she wants things that he's not comfortable with, or she may be the one that's wants those for things that he uh, could actually be hurt by or feels uncomfortable by. So both ways it works in different marriages and it needs to be worked out and worked through. And if it's if it's done the right way and if it's discussed the right way and it's taken in, you know, in steps where you get to a point of the emotional maturity and safety, then it could accomplish great things. Wishing you bracha natzlacha.